Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. It's time to open up your eyes. Open your eyes to make you wealthy and wise. You can watch your profits rise with a business enterprise. We give you what you need to know, what you need to watch your earnings grow. You can reach your record highs with a business enterprise. Enterprise. You're listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio. With your host, Erica Collins. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio's Enterprise, where we want to see your business rise. It's May 16th, 2021, coming to you live from New York, New York. It's been a beautiful week in the town that never sleeps. While some of you are waiting for your second vaccine shot, and others are trying to figure out their math situation. We have a wonderful show for you today with Diane Parker, Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion of the Meredith Corporation. Good evening, Diane. Good evening, Erica. How are you? Very well. For the past 20 years, Diane Parker served as Director, Staffing, Global Diversity, and Inclusion for the Associated Press where she created training, education, leadership development, onboarding, and orientation programs, and redesigned the AP's Global News Internship Program with a key focus on diversity and inclusion. She established strategic alliances with professional industry organizations, such as the National Association of Hispanic Journalists, the National Association of Black Journalists, the Asian American Journalist Association, the Native American Journalist Association, and the Association for LGBTQ Journalists. She also partnered with the AP News and Revenue Divisions to create and enhance their diversity and inclusion initiatives. Before joining the AP, she served as a human resource manager for both Harris Entertainment and BJC Healthcare in the St. Louis area amongst many other interesting ventures. Again, welcome to the show, Diane Parker. Thank you very much, Erica. It's a pleasure to be here. Nice to have you. So let's uh, take us back into time to when you were a little girl. What did you want to be? (laughs) This will probably seem very odd, but as a young girl, I wanted to be two things, and it's going to really date me. I wanted to be a solid gold dancer, <laughs> and I also I, remember I also wanted to be. You remember that solid gold? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. I wanted to be a solid gold dancer, and I also wanted to be on a roller derby team. Skating. That's interesting. (laughs) 
I know, I know. It's like really, really, I'm so far from that today. (laughs) I haven't been on a pair of skates in years. (laughs) So so you could have combined both the roller derby and the solid gold dancer probably. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) I could have combined both of those and been on Soul Train on my skates, right? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That has got to be the best yeah. opening question answer so far. Um, what made you want to work in diversity and inclusion? Well, this goes back to actually my college days and having conversations with my family members, with my older family members, my mom and her siblings. Um, she had there was eleven in her family, and they were raised and grew up in Mississippi. And my college professor, Curtis Lyle, introduced me to this phenomenal woman. He introduced me by giving me her biography to read, This Little Light of Mine by Kay Mills. It's about the life of civil rights activist Fannie Lou Hamer. And he had told me, he said, Diane, you would make a great Fannie Lou Hamer because he knew of my passion and interest in the arts and how I was performing in plays and whatnot growing up in St. Louis. And this was in uh, St. Louis. And Mm -hmm. then I would listen to the stories that my family would tell me and my uncle about growing up in Mississippi and the racism that they encountered there and and how one of my um, great uncles was had to leave Mississippi because of the Ku Klux Klan, and wow. how another cousin. Yeah, it's the the stories that they told were just heart wrenching, and mm-hmm. hearing growing up hearing these type of stories and you know having an interest in our history and how so much of American history is black American history. Right. One in the same. Exactly. <laughs> and how much of that was excluded. It was excluded. It wasn't until I was in college and took this class by my professor, Curtis Lyle, that I started really understanding the impact that we've had, black Americans have had in this country. So when mm-hmm. I read the book mm-hmm. about Fannie Lou Hamer, I was just so impressed with what this woman did to ensure that all of us, black Americans, have the right to vote. It, just amazing. And she was poor, uneducated. She suffered from polio, diabetes, and cancer, and she mm. did not stop trying. And she was the one who coined the phrase, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. And Mm. I was just so impressed with someone who who had so little, gave so much so that we could have the right to vote. And it just stirred something up in me that I didn't even realize was there at the time. So I created this piece in tribute to her. And it was just a short short piece where I portrayed her, maybe about 10, 15-minute piece. 
And I remember when I first did it at a Black History Month program in St. Louis, I believe it was at Forest Park Community College, and I got a standing ovation. Hmm. And over the years, I have continued to perform that piece, but it has evolved. It is now like a good, oh, hour, hour and 15-minute show. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yes, and I have performed it in so many different venues and educational institutions, religious institutions, uh, theaters. I presented it at the Strawberry Festival in 2017 in New York and won Best Play and Best Actress Award. And she just inspires me to this day. Mm. So part of my commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion was inspired by Fannie Lou Hamer, by the experiences of my family members and other people that I know that are close to me, and my own personal experiences. Because it's not easy, particularly in corporate America, for your voice to be heard and to have weight powered to make a difference, to make change, but I was determined to do so. So I use theater as a means to do that, as well as my my role and my experience working in DE&I. Mm-hmm. And I've been on this that journey for a long time. That's a wonderful foundation. That's a wonderful foundation story. <laughs> How did your experiences <laughs> prepare you uh, for the venture that you're at in this stage? Well, I I just think that everything that I've gone through, both in the arts uh, and in corporate America, has inspired me to be on this journey and to keep pursuing the ability to implement change. And in corporate America, that requires you to have a seat at the table. And to have a voice that will be heard. <laughs> and sure. so I'm in a position now where I do have a seat at the table and my voice is heard. My voice is sought after, in fact. And I have mm-hmm. been able to make a difference in my 90 days at Veritas. And I, I have the support there from my management team has been just phenomenal. And I can see in the 90 days that I've been there um, with a a commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. But also, you know, my passion for this also is in the arts. And I've been doing theater for a long time, started in St. Louis and performed with the St. Louis Black Repertory Theater, as well as other theater companies and did some national tours moved to New Jersey, started working for the AP. But in addition to always working in corporate America and focusing on DE&I, I was always performing as well on the side. So being involved in the arts, I saw as well that there was an issue with DE&I, particularly when you look at who's directing the plays, who are the producers, who are on the board of directors uh, of these various theater companies, what plays are they producing, 
Oftentimes, mm-hmm. I was the only person of color in a show. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, I was called upon to say, can you find some other people? Some, we, need, we need a Hispanic person, Diane. We need a Latino. We need, a, we need another black person uh, for this show or that show. And they weren't doing a lot of outreach themselves. <laughs> and so right. I, I, was, I was like, okay, I need to not only focus on corporate America, but I need to focus on the theater world in New Jersey. <laughs> and <laughs> I decided to apply for this program, Stella Adler, Billy Holiday mm-hmm. Theater. They have a, the Black mm-hmm. Arts Institute. So I was able to get into that program just a few years ago, maybe about three years ago, and it was a wonderful experience, and it was so educational and so enlightening where they really spoke truth to power, let me tell you. And there was a bonding that happened, and it was just so great to see other black artists connected all connected for a purpose and learning and growing together. And it inspired me that I started my own arts organization in New Jersey. And I, uh, the individual who is partnering with me, Gwen Rick Spencer, is phenomenal. Commitment to DE&I as well. She's been in the business for 20-plus years directing shows, as an actor, performer herself. And so we started New Jersey Creative Arts Collaborative to inspire and form artists of color and to provide opportunities. We've been that sounds like a wonderful. Yes, we've been That sounds like a wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How has the yeah, coronavirus pandemic affected your business? Well, with NJCAC, which is New Jersey Creative Arts Collaborative, we had to start doing things virtually, and we had to make that transition. Also, Mm -hmm. in corporate America at the time, I was working for the Associated Press, and I was no longer commuting from New Jersey into our Manhattan office in lower Manhattan. I was working Mm. completely remote from home. And our entire our entire team, even taking this new job with Meredith, it's been remote. <laughs> and it's been <laughs> an experience like never before. I have not met my my boss in person, neither the people that work for me in person, nor wow. my colleagues mm-hmm. in person yet. <laughs> I started a job mm-hmm. working mm-hmm. from home. So that's been a very <laughs> unique experience. I consider myself the Zoom queen. <laughs> and mm-hmm. now working with Meredith, we use WebEx a lot for our meetings. But right, right. everything has been happening remotely, and companies had to adjust. And they found that they were able to adjust, both the AP and Meredith. They made that transition and did not miss a beat and continue to operate get their stories out, do what they had to do, uh, working remotely. My theater company, we did the same. We transitioned immediately to start planning what we can do to keep the arts alive, to keep artists inspired and engaged, as well as our um, 
fans and our 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 uh, people that have been supporting us since we started wanted to see us continue. So we just went virtual, and our first, in fact, our first event was April the second, and we produced a forum. It was an artist forum to focus on coping with COVID-19, where we provided various resources to artists, and we Mm -hmm. partnered with the Mental Health Association of New Jersey to provide self-care and mental health strategies. That was on April 2nd, the beginning, early stages of of COVID. And we Mm -hmm. continued by producing a number of virtual events, whether they were poetry slams, monologue events, Play virtual play readings, play performances. We just continue to do things to keep people engaged and keep them inspired, and it's and it worked well. But we can't wait till we can all come together <laughs> in person, live, and do something on a real stage. <laughs> and see our soon. audience, see the fans, hear the applause, all those wonderful things. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of talked about some of it, but what are some of the positive and negative of starting your journey? Well, I just starting my journey, um, D&I journey, uh, was, again, making sure that I was heard, um, that my voice was heard. When you're in a room and it's filled with, people that don't look like you, um, mm-hmm. don't have a similar background uh, as mine, it can be a challenge. But you can never give up. That's the thing. It takes tenacity, never giving up. And even though it's a lot of work and there's a lot of education and learning for people who just don't understand and you can get tired you can get worn out, you can become discouraged, <laughs> but it's important mm-hmm. to never give up and to just continue on that journey. And that's what I was committed to do, that regardless of the circumstances, I was going to continue on. So I had to connect with like-minded people and have a foundation built with people who are just as committed, if not more so, than I am. And, and that was a, a, a wonderful support system for me, for each other. So I had mentors. Mentors are very critical for anyone mm. in this journey, whether it's, whether it's in D&I or just whether you, just in life period, you need mentors. I have mentors both professionally and personally, and they help. And my peer group help. And just having others, again, who think like you, who are committed to this journey of DE&I, a sounding board, some place that you can, can go and, and it's a sense of refuge for you. That was important for me to continue this journey because it, 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 it can wear you down. <laughs> yeah. It can wear you down. Very true. But what's important Very is that true. I want to keep moving forward. I don't want to stop. I want to see the journey through until there's no more breath in me. I will continue with this journey. What or who are some of your most notable projects? Well, I I think with um, 
as it relates to the theater world, I would just say, I mean, I've done so many different shows, and my mother has seen a lot of the different characters I've played from musicals. Um, I've been in Hairspray as as, uh, Motormouth Mabel. I did uh, Shrek the Musical as the Dragon. I've, I've done since as Rose. And, you know, one experience that I had that was very memorable was doing background work on the movie Fences and watching Denzel in action was just amazing, just absolutely amazing. And just being on set and watching him work and experiencing all of that is the dedication, the commitment, the intensity, the seriousness, the attention to detail, just amazing to observe, also inspiring for me. Hmm. Being a part of the Black Arts Institute was also very inspiring for me. Uh, learning from Ruben Santiago Hudson was just so amazing, as well as the, the other instructors there, but he really, really left an impression upon me and was so inspirational, which is one of the reasons why I decided to move forward with creating New Jersey Creative Arts Collaborative. Um, The wisdom and knowledge that he imparted upon the group was just, you wouldn't, you just can't get that anywhere. You just can't get it anywhere. Gold and Mm -hmm. nuggets, I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, you know, I think about it and I'm just, I'm just speechless. <laughs> um, and so and so that was an amazing experience. And it's always, and I, for me, performing, it's really, when I do Fannie Lou Hamer, it's just, I, that is my favorite role and will probably always be my favorite role. And it was my mother's favorite role as well. She's, again, she saw me perform in so many different shows, uh, but this was always her favorite. And I dedicated to Fannie Lou Hamer and to my mother who passed uh, last September um, oh, due to, to cancer. Yeah, and, 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 you know, she was always like, Diane, when you do that, Fannie Lou Hamer, <laughs> that is my <laughs> favorite role, my favorite yeah. It takes her back to her days in Mississippi. Uh, so I would say starting this arts organization having had the opportunity to inspire a number of artists and provide opportunities for them has just been a blessing to me, and they keep me inspired. Mm-hmm. What, is, what is the best advice that you can give to others? My best advice to give to others is to don't let regret replace your dreams. Do not let regrets replace your dreams. So whatever is in your heart for you to do, do it. Whatever you are inspired to do, do it. And not just for yourself, but for others. Touch someone else. Help someone else. What's that song? It was Dr. King's, one of his favorite songs, If I Can Help Somebody. Mm-hmm. So if I can help somebody, inspire someone else, one person can make a difference. One person can make a difference. 
on the life of someone else. And you never know who, when you're planting those seeds, how they're going to be fertilized, mature, and grow. And who that, it could be the next president of the United States. It could be the next president of Washington. (laughs) Very true. Very true. But I would say where would you I like would to see your work in the future? My work. Well, I would say that we initially planned in JCAC. We initially planned to do New Jersey's first to produce New Jersey's first Black Theater Arts Festival. We've never had a Black Theater Arts Festival in New Jersey, so our plan was to do that in 2020. And then what happened? The pandemic. So we are mm-hmm. looking to do that in 2022 and produce okay. New Jersey's Black Theater Arts Festival. Yes. Uh, so that's okay. in, in the plans for the future. That's how I want to make an impact and continue to inspire artists of color and provide them with opportunities as well as learning and development, which is critical as a part of their success. Um, and then we're just anxious to get back on stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. It sounds so, like it. So sounds we're like doing it. a couple of things virtually, but we want to get back on the stage. But we have a couple of things coming up in June, uh, virtually in celebration of Juneteenth. But those okay. will be and where can we find, find the event information? That is on our website, will be on our website, if it's not there already, um, njcac.org, New Jersey Creative Arts Collaborative.org. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Sounds wonderful. Diane Parker, it has been amazing speaking with you. You are so inspirational and wonderful stories of your journey. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share. And you have a great evening, okay? You too. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to our 2021 Business of Entertainment series. We know that Diane Parker will be a great success. Check us out on Twitter. You're listening to Enterprise on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Erica Collins. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.